The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about bad girls in the news. You know, um, my, my latest book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, um, just came out uh, uh, several months ago. And uh, what's great about <laughs> talking about bad girls, just as it was when I, with my first book, Bad Boys, um, is that there are always bad girls and always bad boys in the news that you can talk about and dissect and analyze and put on my couch. <laughs> it's great. And, of course, the reason why I do that and the reason why I wrote this book, Bad Girls, is because, and, of course, the previous one, but um, in this dedication, um, I dedicate it to men and women who, let's see, I'll read it to you. This book is dedicated to all the good girls who have been wearing their heart on their sleeve only to have it broken and to all the men who have been preyed upon and hurt by bad girls. May this book soothe your pain and help you find the love you deserve. And so that's kind of the point. The dating jungle has gotten wilder. Ask anyone who's in it. Um, people are are being bad, you know, by, and by bad I don't mean, well, for girls I don't mean trampy or trashy or evil. For guys I didn't mean evil either. I meant for both of them heartbreakers. And um, the reason why they break people's hearts, the people they're involved in relationships with, is because they are wounded themselves. And so um, it's, a way, it's a way, in a sense, to protect themselves from getting wounded any further. So bad girls, well, today we're going to be talking about um, some of the bad girls in today's news, which include Demi Moore, Selena Gomez, and Serena Williams, just to name a few. Um, we'll t- I'll tell you about what they've done to, to um, what they've done recently <laughs> to classify them as bad, and um, and why they are that way, why bad girls are that way, and and uh, and what we can learn from this in our own relationships. You know, it's been very gratifying to me um, as uh, the as I've been doing si- book signings and events and so on. I did one recently about Marilyn Monroe. Um, misunderstood or bad girl and um, I, when people come up to me when they see the book to buy the book or they've already bought the book and they want to talk about it um, it's really gratifying to me to see how both men and women um, get something have been getting something from the book it's you know bad girls why men love them and how good girls can learn their secrets. So obviously for the good girls, it's learning their secrets, not to become bad, but to even the playing field. 
And for men, it's to learn why they love them, to learn why they're so attracted to them, why they fall head over heels for them, um, and are helplessly, <laughs> helplessly caught up in their web. And so then, um, you know, and I, I, before I wrote the book, I interviewed over 100 men um, who had had bad girl experiences, and I divided the uh, types of bad girls into 12 different types. I defined that ahead of time. 12 different types of bad girls who I call the dozen dangerous damsels. And, um, and so, you know, the idea is to better understand yourself First of all, to better understand, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, why why things aren't going as um, wonderfully as you dreamed of, you know, why your relationships aren't more fulfilling, why they're not longer lasting, why um, why it's so hard, <laughs> why it's so hard to find love, um, and so and so that's what's been, you know, that is in fact what people are doing, identifying issues in themselves. I have from these hundred men who I interviewed, um, I took their best stories, I interviewed them for three or four hours each, and they uh, shared many intimate secrets um, themselves, you know, descriptions of, of their relationships. I mean, by intimate, I don't mean just sexual, I mean emotional um, you know, how they were hurt, what happened, why they stayed in the relationship with the woman. Um, and so I have the best stories in the book uh, classified under each of these different 12 different types of bad girls. And so for men, part of, the, um, part of what they get from the book is also seeing that they're not the only ones who have been in these kinds of relationships. It makes them feel better. It makes you all feel better, men who are listening. It makes you all feel better. Uh, or will if uh, once you read these stories and see how um, these other men were were entrapped as well, you know what happened, and um, and of course um, from these stories, the um, men can men read them and see understand it from their perspective how they got entrapped, and the women read it and see what these bad girls did to trap them. <laughs> And again, I'm not trying to turn the good girls into bad girls, but bad girls definitely have an edge. There is no question about it. It's amazing how um, these men and and they were um, these were not losers. You know, these were men who were successful and or were handsome and or were fun and or uh, you know they had lots of wonderful qualities. It wasn't that that they uh, were losers. But they did have um, vulnerabilities to uh, the women, to, to uh, vulnerabilities in terms of feeling masculine enough, in terms of feeling, you know, not realizing their own value. And um, uh, so, so that's kind of, um, and of course, on top of the stories, of course, I, as a psychiatrist, um, explain, you know, delve into what makes each of these 12 types of bad girls tick and, um, and why the men are attracted to this specific type, each specific type. And at the beginning of the book, I have a chapter, in, in chapter one, as, as well as an introduction to the whole concept, I have the bad girl test for women and the uh, sitting duck test for men. I call the men who are find themselves entrapped by these bad girls sitting ducks because there are these vulnerabilities that they have. 
um, that make them that make them become the prey that bad girls are able to um, sense very quickly. <laughs> and um, so that too, you know, by filling out these tests and then getting your scores. Um, you can see just how you rate for the bad girls, whether you're a good girl or all the way up to a man-eater. And for the men, um, to see whether you're ready for the, for the, uh, for the dating jungle or whether um, you, the, the worst category, you know, the highest score, uh, meaning the most vulnerable, the biggest sitting duck, that means that... Um, I say you shouldn't go out into the dating jungle until you've had at least six months of psychotherapy. <laughs> so those are the two extremes. Now, um, before we get into the bad girls of the day, as I mentioned at the beginning, I want to just give you sort of a a background um, and talk about what is a bad girl, what the 12 types are, and uh, why men in general are sitting ducks for these bad girls. We don't have... Uh, we can't go into all of each of these types for um, for for the twelve different types in this one show, but um, but we can talk in general about what what makes a bad girl and what makes a sitting duck. So let's do that. What makes a bad girl? Um, a bad girl is not. I buy a bad girl. I don't mean a trashy girl or an evil girl. I mean a girl who is wounded. She has been. Um, she has been made to feel unlovable. And um, where does this come from? Why does she feel this way about herself? Well, it starts with her father, and it starts with a dysfunctional relationship with her father, which has made her feel unlovable. Now, this could be, on the one hand, um, just it could be on one extreme, a father who was sexually or physically abusive to her, or on the other extreme, it could just be a father who's a workaholic uh, and just not around very much. Or most commonly these days, one of the biggest problems for why the dating jungle has gotten so so um, fierce and difficult and hard to find love in is because of all the divorces in the world. And that is... Um, what happens when uh, you know when when parents divorce for the little girl generally her father is the one who is not spending as much time with her certainly as if the parents were married um, for that matter oftentimes her mother isn't spending as much time with her if the two parents were together either um, but when the father leaves you know that's the most important aspect for a little girl because her first her first man, in a sense, her first love is her father. And when he moves away or isn't spending as much time because he is not at home um, and is um, oftentimes has another wife or another girlfriend and then oftentimes another family, the girl feels as though there must be something wrong with her, the little girl, that he doesn't love her enough to stay with her mommy or doesn't love her enough to stay in their home or, you know, just doesn't love her enough. There must be something wrong with her. She's not lovable enough. And then what happens, and of course then there are other all, all kinds of um, other, 12 other, or altogether at least 12 different kinds of dysfunctional relationships uh, that the little girl can have with her father. And that um, sends her on her way into her dating life feeling unlovable. 
And so what does she do? She picks, she's attracted to bad boys. And that's because these are guys who um, don't want to form intense, intimate, I don't mean sexual, but I mean emotionally intimate relationships with her. And so in a sense, it makes her feel um, less frightened that she's going to be hurt again like she was hurt originally with her father. And so, and depending upon what kind of dysfunctional relationship she had with her father, that drives her into the arms of a specific type or types of bad boys. Because nowadays, actually, um, it can be a little girl growing up with a father and then a stepfather and then another stepfather or boyfriends in between. And so um, each of those relationships can push her into the arms of another type of bad boy. So then what happens? The bad boy breaks her heart. And um, she becomes convinced at some point that she really isn't lovable. And she takes her heart off her sleeve and hardens it. And at that point, consciously or unconsciously, decides that, okay, if I can't get love, then I'm going to get something else from a guy. And uh, the something else gets into what these 12 different types of bad girls want. And we'll talk about that. And so, um, it's so, so the bottom line is she's wounded and she becomes a heartbreaker herself. Um, out of, it's really a defense to not, have, to not be disappointed again, to not be heartbroken again herself as, as she was first with her father and then with however many bad boys she, uh, she was with. And so it really becomes, um, it really becomes, uh, she develops a kind of, uh, self-protective armor, and um, that allows her to have a kind of pseudo-cockiness, a pseudo-confidence that then allows her to prey upon the sitting ducks. (laughs) So when we come back, we'll hear more about bad girls and bad boys and bad girls in the news today. Who are the bad girls in the news today? You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. 
Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. Dr. Carol Lieberman, you know, yes, you do feel free to call in because uh, I'll be happy to answer your questions about bad boys, bad girls, <laughs> good girls, <laughs> good boys, relationships, love, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and also, I, I don't want to forget, I want to make sure that um, that you know, don't, don't switch anything unless you can still hear me, but um, you will be able to go to the um, to my website, badgirlsbook.com, and if you opt in, if you enter it and you opt in, um, I will send you a free bad girl test for women and a free sitting duck test for men. So be sure to do that uh, when the show is over, badgirlsbook.com. Okay, I promise to... Um, we're, we're talking today about uh, bad girls in the news, and there are always bad girls in the news. And uh, I, I promised before we took a break that I would tell you about the 12 different types of bad girls. They are the gold digger, the addict, the sex siren, the sexual withholder, the married woman on the prowl, the commitment phobe, the husband hunter and trapper, the husband stealer, the ultimate damsel in distress, the cougar, the ball buster, and the bad girl scorned. Now you'll notice that there is no cheater on the list, and that was done on purpose because any of these bad girls can and often do cheat because they feel entitled to get whatever it is that they want from the man, and if they're not getting it or, they're, or they've gotten as much as they can get from the man who they're with, then uh, and they see a better, bigger, better deal walk by, then um, they feel entitled to go after it. So, you know, I was saying um, about, I was talking about how bad girls, because they feel um, unlovable and have given up on finding a prince to walk them into the sunset, uh, they take their heart off their sleeve and they go after something else. So, uh, you, obviously, the gold digger goes after gold, and the addict goes after an enabler, and the sex siren goes after someone who will uh, admire her sexually and where she can use sex as a weapon. The sexual withholder 
uses the promise of sex to get what she wants. The married woman on the prowl wants a man who will still have a relationship with her even though she's married and isn't necessarily going to make a commitment to him. The commitment phobe is a woman who isn't going to make a commitment just because she has other problems that are causing her to not make a commitment. The husband hunter and trapper is not just a woman who is looking for a husband, you know, um, but it's a woman who, because she feels so unlovable, she feels that she has to trap a man into marrying her. The husband stealer is a, a woman who um, needs to steal somebody else's husband. The ultimate damsel in distress is a woman who uh, wants to be rescued, has all kinds of problems, and wants a man to rescue her from them, whether it's uh, rescuing her from being evicted or rescuing her from from um, <laughs> getting thrown out of the country because she doesn't have a green card or many other different kinds of problems that uh, she would like to be rescued from. The cougar wants a guy who is a lot younger so she can still feel desirable. The ball buster wants a man to be like a little puppy dog so she can uh, tell him what to do and feel uh, like she's in control. The bad girl scorned is a woman who doesn't want the man to break up with her. And if she senses, she doesn't want to be abandoned. And if she senses that she's going to be, then she stalks him um, or she takes, and or she takes revenge on him. And then, of course, there are all kinds of reasons why women become each of these types, you know, reasons that go into their childhood um, and, uh, and make them that way. So let's talk about some of the bad girls in the news. I mentioned uh, Demi Moore. She's in the news today because she has just tweeted um, sexy, revealing pictures of herself. Let me see here. They, were, they weren't as sexy as one was led to believe. Um, let me see. Uh, as one was led to believe, you know, but they weren't. At least I didn't see. Well, it says new. Demi Moore tweets nude self-portrait. Well, um, what's so far the ones that have been released are um, showing her nude back. Um, nothing terribly, although she has, of course, been been um, seen featured nude on the cover of a magazine when she was pregnant, for that matter. But anyway, why is Demi, Demi Moore tweeting nude or relatively nude self-portraits? Well, it's because um, her husband, Ashton Kutcher, who is, she's a cougar, by the way. Demi Moore is one of the more famous cougars that we have and one of the more successful cougars in the sense that she's been able to have a, hold her marriage together and have a, a, a relatively good relationship if you want to um, ignore the, uh, the rumors that there were a while ago about uh, Ashton having had an affair with some woman he met uh, in a bowling alley or something. <laughs> that seems to have gone... Uh, everybody seems to want to forget about that, especially to me. Um, but anyway, this, why is she sending out these tweets now? Well, it's because the, the publicity has just started uh, or has just been ramped up uh, um, because the, the Two and a Half Men premiere is coming up and uh, Ashton is uh, replacing uh, Charlie Sheen. And, um, you know, there's been all kinds of um, attention focused on him because of that, 
He's gotten not only more attention, but presumably uh, more money <laughs> than he than he had. Um, and so all of this, that makes a cougar very nervous, because in order for a cougar to not have her cub leave the den, um, he needs to feel that there are things from her that he still um, appreciates, like nurturing and um, like. Uh, oftentimes, well, especially when they first met, um, Demi Moore was a much more famous actor than he was. And um, so, you know, she brought a lot to the table. And, of course, she was, she was and is still sexy. And, and, um, and you know, I mean, it, it, it wasn't very difficult to, um, for him to be with her. But the thing is, now he's going to be—he's going to be in Charlie Sheen's place, and he's getting all of this attention, and it's just—it's just starting. It's going to build, of course, as the shows air, and um, that makes her very nervous that her cub is going to leave the den because maybe he's going to feel at some point that he doesn't need her anymore. And and the danger is not that um, she's going to be less attractive or less sexy or, um, you know, but. The fact that she's going to start doing these cloying kinds of things, these sort of um, uh, desperate moves um, to try to remind him how sexy she is, that's the thing. Her insecurity is what's going to send him away, potentially, rather than anything else about her. Um, you know, that's what happens, especially with cougars. Uh, you know, it's, it's when they start getting, when they start getting insecure about their age, about being, um, 10 years or so older than the man that they're with, that's when they start acting desperate and doing things that make their man, uh, see that they're desperate and see them in not as flattering a light as they once saw them when they first got together. So that's the danger. Um, and, you know, really it's, she's going to be pushing him away herself, potentially. I mean, maybe and hopefully they'll stay together and live happily ever after. But there is the danger of this, and it's her reaction to, to what, hap- what is happening to him. I mean, maybe he is giving her, he's pro- presumably been able to spend less time with her, too. Of course, that's a factor, because... Um, Unlike doing a movie, you know, yes, that's very intense for a period of time, but then the, the filming is over and um, you have more time on your own except for when you're out promoting it and so on. But, but a, an ongoing television show takes a lot more time in an ongoing way. And so he obviously has been um, not able to spend as much time with her as, as he once was, and that's a factor as well. So, um, that, see, that's the problem with these relationships. You know, there are, there are, um, even, even when the bad girl traps her man, traps her prey, they don't necessarily live happily after forever unless they each understand themselves and are honest and, and communicate about things and changes in the relationship. Um, those relationships can go down the tubes as well. In fact, uh, you know, usually because because the woman is wounded and the man is vulnerable in the ways that he is, um, that is what contributes to the relationship being uh, being vulnerable in general to to different changes and to um, to things that tear relationships apart. 
So, um, so one still has to be honest and and uh, and communicative about feelings in a relationship, whether whether it's a bad girl sitting duck relationship or any other kind. We're going to talk about talking about people, women, bad girls who are making desperate moves. Uh, Selena Gomez is another one. She, she, you know, she's 19 and Justin Bieber is uh, 17, but I don't know that that really makes her a um, cougar. <laughs> it's a little, that's not quite, uh, that's not, certainly not 10 years. And, uh, but, she, but there is, there has actually been uh, that feeling that she has had about um, sometimes she acts embarrassed that she's with uh, a younger guy. Uh, she has once called him her little brother. Um, so there is that self-consciousness that she has about his being younger. But I think at this point I would put her in the sex siren wannabe category or sex siren in the making category, which is the same category that Miley Cyrus is in. And when we come back, I will tell you more about what uh, Selena Gomez is doing that is a desperate move that is likely to, um, to potentially push Justin away. And uh, you'll see what you shouldn't do if you're in the same kind of circumstance. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. 
Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about bad girls in the news. We were just talking about Demi Moore and Selena Gomez. And uh, Selena, what she's been do- done recently that uh, really I think is a desperate move that might well push Justin away is that she got a tattoo on her wrist that says Justin and it has a heart. Now, um, there are, no one seems to be sure yet whether it's a temporary tattoo or a permanent tattoo. I, ho- I hope it's not permanent because, God, that always happens when people get tattoos with um, the, their girlfriend or boyfriend's name on it. Um, lo and behold, they wind up breaking up and then they're stuck with the tattoo or having to go through the process of... of um, you know, of trying to get a tattoo off, which, which is incredibly difficult. Um, and one should not go into it thinking that you're going to be able to get it off. So why did Selena do this? Well, well, first of all, um, you know, I was talking about her being a, not quite a, a cougar, but um, I'd put her in the sex siren wannabe category or sex siren, um, uh, budding sex siren um, she'd used her budding feminine wiles, as I called them, to captivate Justin, who was relatively naive and vulnerable. But recently, um, and of course he's, you know, all attached to her. He apparently follows her around the country when she goes on tour like a puppy dog. Um, but but uh, he has recently made some remarks that has understandably caused her to question whether she, whether he's really going to be a puppy dog for long or forever. Um, he has been quoted as saying, quote, by 25 or 26 years old, I want to see myself like married or start looking for a family, unquote. Start looking for a family? Well, this would imply that he hasn't yet found the woman that he wants to marry. And that would have made her a bit nervous. And he also specifically said that although Selena is his girlfriend right now, quote, I'm not looking to get married now, unquote. Now, so I mean, there he says it, that he wants to get married by 25 or 26. He's 17 right now. And, um, and he, he wants to at least be married by then or start looking for a family by then. Well, <laughs> where does that leave Selena? Um, so what does Selena do after he is quoted uh, in the media as saying these things? She goes out and gets a tattoo, uh, Justin with a heart. Well, that was not a good move <laughs> because, um, you know, when, when a guy sees his girlfriend get a tattoo, yes, of course, he's flattered. And especially, you know, Selena was in concert and she was um, singing and raising her hand so everyone could see the tattoo. She put her hand over her head to make sure everyone could see it. And, of course, it's flattering, you know. But, on the other hand, um, on the other hand, right away the guy starts to feel, tra- to feel trapped. I think all of a sudden Justin is going to realize that he is trapped. He's a sitting duck. He's been entrapped by a bad girl. Um, and it makes the guy feel uh, very antsy, very, uh-oh, she got a tattoo does that mean that I have to stay with her forever because she had my, has my name emblazoned on her body? Um, it's like the first 
thing to do that that will make a guy run in the other direction. Besides, <laughs> another thing you can do would be to say "I love you" um, before it's appropriate uh, to make the guy run in the other direction. So um, that's going to make uh, Justin, or as it would any guy, feel uh, rather uncomfortable. Feel that there's an expectation that he's expected to marry her, and um, that that was not a good move, Selena. That will just just push him away. Um, and see, this is what you know. It's it's funny because this is what what women do. Not just bad girls, but good girls are actually worse at this um, because when they start to see that there's some, just like I was saying with. Um, Ashton Kutcher, you know, and, and uh, Demi, um, seeing the possibility of Ashton, you know, not uh, being with her as much, and, and now Selena seeing the possibility that Justin is not talking about, well, he isn't talking about her as being the one he wants to marry. This throws women into overdrive, <laughs> into self-sabotage mode. And uh, and that's what drives the guy away. It's not the original thing, generally. It's more the self-sabotage. So then we have Serena Williams. She um, is the winner of 13 Grand Slam titles and a three-time U.S. Open champion. She just lost the U.S. Open title this year to Samantha, Samantha Stoser. And um, it all started to go downhill once Williams yelled, Come on! When she was, uh, when it was out of her turn during the match, and that made the chair umpire invoke the intentional hindrance rule, presumably meaning that she's, that, um, Serena was purposely trying to hinder, uh, Samantha. Anyway, that, that wasn't so bad. It's kind of like with the guys. It's, it's not that that's the problem. It's what the woman then does about it. And what Williams did was, um, call her all kinds of names, say all kinds of bad things to her, um, like calling her so unattractive inside, uh, warning her that, quote, if I ever see you walking down the hall, you better look the other way, unquote. And then um, she, she told the umpire, quote, don't even look at me. I promise you, don't look at me because I'm not a... And then we, people couldn't hear what she said. Um, and then she said, don't look my way. Anyway, it, it, basically she was threatening the umpire, which you do not do. Now, um, uh, be, before that, actually, in, um, in 2004, she apparently told, this isn't the first time that she called the umpire names or said bad things to her, um, she in 2004, she um, was angry at the line judge for calling a foot fault, and she let out a string of profanities. And then, um, and w- one thing that she said was that she was going to shove an effing ball down her throat. Um, so, so, so needless to say, you know, you don't do this. Um, particularly in a genteel sport like tennis. 
And um, some people have tried to come to her rescue, saying, you know, trying, not, not to, everybody says it's bad, and of course she was fined $2,000. She was actually already on probation for this 2004, um, you know, tirade. But, um, but she, oh, and actually in, in 2000, let's see, and in 2009 she got a $10,000 fine, which was the maximum possible. And so this time she got 2000 but... You know, it's just that this is a, a pattern that she has had for a long, for years, obviously. Um, and she has said other kinds of things, like um, really obnoxious kinds of things, like, uh, aren't you the one that screwed me over last time here? Yeah, you are. Seriously, you have it out for me. I promise you that's not cool. That's totally not cool. I truly despise you. If you ever see me walking down the hall, look the other way. I told you that one already. Oh, well, no, this is another another version of that. If you ever see me walking down the hall, look the other way because you're out of control. You're out of control. You're a hater, and you're just unattractive inside. Um, and I never complain. Wow, what a loser. You get cold, code violation because I express who I am. We're in America last time I checked. Uh, can I get a water, or am I going to get violated for a water? Boy, <laughs> not the way to influence friends and, and win friends and influence people. Um, and and a ball buster on the court, for sure. Um, you know, obviously, this is a woman who has a lot of anger inside. I'm starting to say that some some people have tried to explain away. I mean, nobody has really... Um, defended her in the sense that she should have been able to say these things. Nobody that I've read um, or heard uh, has said that. But they try to, you know, they bring up the race card that you realize how difficult it it is for her to come out on the court um, being big and black and, and, um, you know, not the kind of, the kind of country club girls that tennis is used to seeing on the court. I mean, yes, that's all true. I'm sure it is difficult, but nobody forced her to go into tennis. And and part of her, the fact that she is built that way, um, you know, has enabled her to do very well for herself in te- in tennis, the fact that she has all these muscles and so on. And, yes, she has practiced very hard ever since she was a little girl, she and her sister. You know, and you have to wonder about that, talking about fathers who create bad girls. Um, You know, yes, he devoted a lot of his time, a lot of his money to making them stars. So, in a way, uh, you can't say that he's a bad father. But on the other hand, what message was that? You know, yes, I want you to be, I want you to be, um, rich and famous, or I want you to feel good about yourself succeeding in a sport, or, you know, there were good messages too, but it's also really saying you're not good enough as you are, because certainly any parent that puts that much uh, emphasis on their child developing a skill, and not that, you know, again, not that it's bad for a parent to want their child to succeed, obviously, but they were really, uh, this was their whole childhood, and so it gives the message to them, those little girls, that they're not good enough the way they are, and the only way they'll get to be, uh, to have a good life in this world, or to succeed, or to be anybody, is if they practice however many hours a day he made them practice tennis. So, you know, you have to be really careful, even when you want the best things for your children, you have to temper that with making sure that 
You're not giving them that message that unless they succeed in the way that you want, you know, basically it's vicariously living through your children. A lot of these um, stage door parents um, are really part of the motivation, at least part, <laughs> and it's, for some it's, it's the largest part, is to be able to live vicariously for, from their children, through their children, uh, and get the fame and fortune that they didn't get themselves. So you really have to look at all of that. And, you know, obviously this is a girl who has a lot of anger inside. And uh, it started way before she got out on, you know, the, these um, pro, these, these champion tennis games, the games in which she yelled at the um, officials. So, you know, all of that repressed anger that she probably had to ha- hold in as a little girl when her father was pushing her to practice, she's now spewing on these officials, and it's really not, uh, it's not in her service. It's not doing well for her, and she doesn't seem able to control herself. It's, it's ironic. She was complaining that they weren't, that the officials weren't controlling themselves, and yet really, um, it was her. It was she. <laughs> so stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. When we come back, I'll, uh, tell you about something, a great idea for Halloween. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about bad girls in the news today. And uh, we've just been doing that. And um, 
I know I had said that I was going to talk more about guys and, and uh, what makes them a sitting duck for a bad girl, <laughs> but the time goes so quickly. So what I'll do is um, I'm going to read you the first chapter from the first, first chapter, the first paragraph from my book from chapter one, which will give you a little a little tease into uh, guys being sitting ducks, and I'm sure I'll talk about that more on a future show. So here's the first paragraph. It's in the chapter one, Our Love Affair with Bad Girls. Just as little girls are forewarned that they'll need to kiss a lot of frogs before they find their prince, society forewarns little boys that they'll need to slay a lot of dragons before they'll win the heart of their true princess. These childhood messages, garnered from parents and peers, fairy tales and fables, media and meddlers, are planted in our unconscious mind and direct our dating behavior when we grow up. I'm going to tell you the second paragraph, too. (laughs) Oftentimes, these men grow up believing they are not entitled to a princess unless they accomplish some death-defying feat equivalent to slaying a dragon, such as making a ton of money, driving a fancy car, living in a mansion, displaying trophies, attesting to their prowess in some sport, or being able to flash business cards with an impressive title after their name. So I I promise that I will talk more about... uh, Men, why men and how men become sitting ducks at a later show. But right now I want to talk to you, give you a heads up. You, you people are the first ones who are finding out about that, my devoted listeners. Um, Halloween is coming, and for women out there, um, who would you like to be more than Kate Middleton and catch your own prince on Halloween? Well, if you've listened to some previous shows where I've talked about going to London and bidding on Kate Middleton's dress, the sexy see-through dress that she wore in the fashion show that made Prince William fall head over heels for her, he turned to his friend and he said, she's hot. And in that moment, she went from being a platonic friend to, to being his love interest and, of course, now being uh, his princess and future queen. So... Uh, I, how did, what does this have to do with bad girls? Well, I call, um, uh, Kate the quintessential good girl who used bad girl secrets to catch her prince. And, um, one of the secrets, of course, was wearing this dress in the fashion show because this show took place at their college in Scotland and in, um, Great Britain, the idea, uh, well, in any, in many places, but especially there, um, the idea of walking down the runway in essentially a black bra and panties um, covered with this see-through skirt that she wore as a dress. In other words, it was supposed to be a skirt that you could wear a slip under or tights, um, but she wore it as a dress, and it revealed her uh, black bra and underwear panties. And um, so when the prince saw her, it was not just that she looked beautiful and glamorous and she had a sexy body and the dress was very pretty and, um, you know, it was, it was very alluring, of course, but it was also that she had the audacity to wear this kind of outfit in front of her peers and her teachers and everybody else uh, who attended this charity fashion show and it was a big deal. Uh, that was also what attracted him, that she could sort of flaunt the rules in a sense that way. And so we see where it got Kate. <laughs> and if you want to catch your own prince, 
I am going to, be, I have, well, yes, I, I, um, when I went to London to bid on Kate's dress, the original one, I wound up becoming friends with the designer, Charlotte Todd. This was from her collection called The Art of Seduction, and I became the U.S. ambassador of this dress. And what does that mean? That means that the only place in the United States where you can get a the limited edition of these dresses, there was a limited edition of the dresses made in London, in England, um, and and I am uh, selling them here. And why is that? Because it's to keep with the message that I'm trying to, to uh, provide hope for good girls everywhere, that they too can catch their prince, at least a prince of a fellow, if they follow, learn the bad girl secrets that I write about in my book. And so if you would like to have one of these um, real uh, limited edition dresses of Kate Middleton, there, there, were our, there are only, uh, well, at this point, I only have, I have less than 100 left, and um, they're going to go fast. <laughs> And I am going to be trying to get more, but for right now, this is all I have. And if you would like to be uh, Kate Middleton in an official Kate Middleton dress, um, then please go to my website, which is badgirlsbook.com, and go to the store page, um, and there you will see what the dress looks like. It was made when it was made in this limited edition. It was made a little more. Um, a little more opaque, a little less see-through, not quite as see-through as as uh, Kate wore it. So you can feel a little more comfortable. You can wear it with a black bra and panties, or you can wear it with a slip, or you can wear it, well, if it's still warm where you are, you can wear it over a bathing suit. But for Halloween, if you want to be the real, uh, real Kate, <laughs> you can feel more comfortable wearing um, a bra and panties because it's it's not as... Uh, revealing as hers was, but it's revealing enough, and it's still pretty damn sexy. <laughs> so, and plus, just what a great conversation starter, which is what you want to do. You know, when people, well, a lot of people will recognize who you are, but if people ask who you are, um, just imagine the great conversation you can have, and how seductive that will be to the sitting duck <laughs> that you're sitting next to. Um, so, it's a great idea, and. Um, I'm going to be having an event in Los Angeles. Um, if you're in LA, you can, you can, well, you can all go to my Ask uh, Dr. Carol Facebook page and, and um, join it. And so you'll be finding out more about um, where I'm having the event or events where I'll actually be having the dress and signing the book and so on. But in the meantime, you can buy the dress from the website badgirlsbook.com. Go to the store page. And um, also, don't forget to opt in, and I will send you a free bad girls test for women and a free sitting duck test for men. Um, and and you can also get, I mean, the, you can buy the book anywhere, Barnes & Noble, retail stores, and so on, and, of course, on the Internet. And if you want an autographed copy of it, you can get that from my website as well, badgirlsbook.com. In the meantime, um, I hope I've given you some food for thought and your, um, to get you to think about your relationships. To get, I hope I've made you feel better in um, telling you about how the dating jungle has gotten really harsh for everyone, really difficult for everyone. It's not just you. Uh, and again, it's because, it's because of the, the, 
psychological makeup that men and women have and and having been wounded in childhood and um also of course it's the glamorization of these bad girls in the news i was for example i was talking about these these three examples of bad girls in the news and um even though they've been bad um they get attention for it you know they they um the they're not being put in jail they're being put in the headlines so that's another reason why bad girls are tempted to be bad and why bad boys are tempted to be bad because certainly the headlines are filled with bad boys every day as well so that's another aspect of it in addition to childhood and parents and so on so go to the, go to the website again badgirlsbook.com opt in to get your free test see where you are and uh and think about being Kate Middleton for Halloween and it's a great opportunity for you to catch your own prince. Look how well she did for herself. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 